say here is that if you do not have a long-term view, all these things that you have to repeat again and again and again, you don't know the meaning of it. Wow. You know? And that's where you lose focus because other things become exciting and the home front becomes more of an irritation to you because you don't oh that's true that the, where is this going you know it's the same thing again that's what we mean by operational parenting you don't see the meaning the purpose raising kids in the digital age it is indeed a huge challenge especially for young parents today that while everything is so accessible these days and children's learning becomes accelerated at the same time, there are also many pitfalls that come with it, such as distance in relationship between family members, technology addiction, and many more unprecedented challenges that seem to appear every single day. So how do we enable them to flourish in this exciting age of opportunities while building healthy family relationships, the adherence to the deen, and instilling good core principles that will set them up for success in the dunya and the akhirah? In this episode, we discuss practical strategies and mindsets to navigate giving good tarbiyah with the challenges that we face in the modern age. And we are honored to be joined by the fantastic husband and wife team of Ahmad Fakri and Jamila Samian of the Cool Mom and Super Dad Consultancy, who are subject matter experts on the topics of youth leadership, leadership in parenting and community development, regularly conducting seminars and training or leading companies in the corporate world, while also authoring many books on the subject with the mission to inspire parents to raise future leaders. Barakallahu feekum. Walau anna ahla al-qura amanu wa attaqaw la fatahna alayhim barakatim min as-samai wal-ard. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yaumiddin. Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Barakah Effect podcast. The topic of our discussion this week is parenting struggles in the digital age, a purposeful approach. And for this episode, we have not one but two guests from the Cool Mom Super Dad Consultancy, the dynamic husband-wife duo, Ahmad Fakhri and Jamila Samian. Ahlan wa sahlan Uncle Ahmad and Auntie Jamila. So thank you very much for making time with us on our discussion today. So Uncle Ahmad and Auntie formed Auntie Jamila formed the Cool Mom Super Dad Consultancy named after their book Cool Mom Super Dad. Auntie Jamila is also the author of several other books such as what I what I have right here in my hand, Cool Boys Super Sons, The Kindness Miracle. And the one that I'm currently reading right now, which is leadership in parenting, mashallah. So just for the just for the information of our listeners out there, the reason I'm calling them auntie and uncle is because I know them personally. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the reason I'm highlighting that right now is that so I got to older. know yeah by the sorry. Also, we may be older than you. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the thing, Uncle. I, I got to know the hard way, right? That apparently, that in the Malaysian culture, it can be kind of offensive to someone, sometimes call someone auntie. So, so you know, I learned that uncle is okay. People like uncle is like, oh, mashallah, uncle, you know, there's a sign of respect and, you know, friendly guy, wise or storyteller. But auntie is like, hey, hello, I'm not that old, okay? You know, <laughs> and they're like, hey, hello, you're not that young, okay? You know, that. I, 
So I learned the hard way. So there's a disclaimer out there <laughs> for the listeners to know, right? So mashallah, Uncle, and auntie, we, we met each other a lot through the Al Kausa Institute, yeah, mashallah. Yeah. I remember going to a lot of those, yeah, Uncle and Auntie. Yes. And and, yes. and almost yeah. everyone I would see all, all those courses I would see Uncle. And I still remember Uncle was the the, the the very participative kind of A student in class. You were always like asking thought-provoking questions, something sharing insight, and it's like, whoa, it was always a blast to have you around. So when I have when I see you like at the corner, you're like, yeah, this is gonna be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Probably of keeping himself awake. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So those are the behind the scenes, huh? X, X, like Max, right there. <laughs> it works. It works. It works to keep us awake too. <laughs> so just <laughs> <that's all> <laughs> But but you know, mashallah. It, at the time, I we, they they used to call you brother Ahmad. So mashallah, you look so young. I always to consider you like abang or big bro. <laughs> it's only like until we just went. Number. Sorry. H is just a number. Indeed, Ooh, yeah, indeed, that's go. right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's only when we went to the Al Kawthar Knowledge Hive. Do you remember that, Uncle? I think that was back yes, in 2000. Yeah, yeah. 2009, I think. Wow, that was yeah, like 12 yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then, and then uh, one of our classmates was your son, uh, Saifuddin, I think. Was it Saifuddin? It was Salahuddin and Safi. Salahuddin and Safi. Safi. Yes. That's right, Safi. That's the one I knew. Yeah. Ah, that's right. So I was like, oh, these guys are like around my age. Eh? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> you got so, so that's how it is. Mashallah. Alhamdulillah. Well, we got married young at 22 years old. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. Mashallah. That's nice. So that's really nice. So yeah, another nice, nice detail is that uh, all of us have something in common with Miri. So, uh, mashallah, and which is where I am right now. And uh, both uncle and auntie, we spent a significant amount of your time of your careers in Miri. Yeah? So, mashallah. And uh, Miri is kind of the common ground that all of us had at the Barakah Effect. So, Aziz, Shahmi, Reza, all of you born and raised here, right? Yes. Born and raised in Miri. Uh, mashallah. <laughs> and Ame and I, we kind of spent a lot of our time of our career, even currently working here in, in oil and gas. Yep. So, Perhaps, you know, mashallah, we can consider a future episode untuk Prakas Awak lah, Uncle, Boleh. Boleh, ha? So, Amir kena crash course sikit lah, Amir, ya? Boleh, ha? Betul, yeah, yeah, my God, yeah. With the midnight oil a bit, ha? Mashallah. So, yeah, we, uh, I think one of the nice things also, we organized the uh, parenting course, Anugrah Anak Terindah. It was with 2015 in in, uh, in our office here. So that's actually uh, four out of five of the, us at the Barakah Effect. We, we attended that course. So yes. Ami and I were the committee and Aziz was also there. Yeah, participant. And that was my first parenting course. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, really it was, it was an eye-opener. Because yeah, usually parenting course, the, the significant speakers are always the mothers. And I always pay attention automatically when, when a mother speaks. Because they, they, they are hands-on skill. Like a dad, yeah. uh, they mean they give strategy, opinion, but that's about it. But... Uncle Ahmad, proof otherwise. I think I was engaged throughout the entire course. <laughs> <laughs> MashaAllah. Allah. Ya Allah, That was a really good experience. Yeah. Even Shahmi was there as a, as a kind of, actually in hindsight, he was a newly married couple at the time. Actually, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah MashaAllah. So, mashallah, uh, jazakallah khairan once again for making time for us. So, for the benefit of the listeners out there, we'd just like to know you just a bit more. 
So, uh, Uncle Nanti, you know, from from what we've been following you so far, your social media, uh, the books that you write, the seminars you conduct, you know, you're, obviously we can feel this passion about parenting. You know, it oozes out from the from from the products and from, from all the delivery that you that you've that you've delivered so far, mashallah. So, so I'm curious. Have you always had this very in, have you always been very intentional and very conscious and very purposeful approach about parenting or is it some is it something like uh, you know as a couple you kind of set your decided on day one it's kind of the the approach that you want the the mother or the father that you want to be or is it something that sort of evolved throughout the years and the experience yeah assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wabarakatuh thank you for the warm welcome to faisal ami and aziz for this wonderful sharing session and i believe that hopefully this would give us additional insight on how we equip ourselves not only just as parents but as the khaira ummah to where we can contribute back to the mankind now you know miri has a very soft spot in our heart because that's where we started our um, our life uh, working there as well as also our beginning the life as a family and mm. what happened is is that i started my career as an engineer and being an engineer uh, working offshore for that matter either in baram delta or the luconia area it, you it's it also dawned upon you that you have to deal with people and even at my younger days at the university level and at the secondary level i have always been someone who tend to look after for people so it's a people centric that it finally after 10 years in engineering i jump ship into hr and the main reason is is that because of i believe that talent development or people development is indeed one of the most important uh, a very important factor in success you may have the most sophisticated machine and technology and equipment but if you don't have the right people who you can motivate who who, who have the capability uh, you won't be able to maximize and leverage the the things that you have so when you have children then obviously i then relate how i handle people management with the children at home so you could see that uh, you mm. cannot away from putting some form of um uh, uh, principle some form of policy guidelines so that then if you 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 have to be seamless you know not only in the office but also at home and wherever you are when you meet people so when people ask me why do you change from uh, engineering to hr so i pointed out if i visit you in miri again at your house would you be asking me about your compressor of your aircon or the carburetor of your car your choice all right be, your choice would be is that how about your i'm in a midlife career crisis for instance my children uh, needs to go for which career pathway so that's where i'm a great believer of talent development and that's where i think going if you go to sister uh, 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 auntie jamila that's where our path cross because as an engineer and hr and she become she was a computer science 
uh, it was quite a different career pathway, but we meet along those lines by having the children. Yeah. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. First of all, thanks for having us, uh, Aziz, Faisal, and Amir. The very quick answer to your question just now, Faisal, whether it's intentional, the answer is not. Because I never imagined oh. myself that I would be doing parenting or talking about parenting. It started because of my own issues in raising um, our children. I realized several years after having children that I didn't really have a clue of how to handle children. I knew very little. Um, it was kind of like I felt that the children, especially the, the two other ones, they were quite distant from me. And I did not know why. So I came from a very technical background. Um, we both of us work in Shell. And I was in the IT department as a senior staff. Um, I wrote as well as design programs for the geologists those days. So. Oh, wow. Very technical, huh? Mashallah. Yeah, very, very technical because my original degree was in computer science and mathematics. So, yes, that's very true. Yeah, very technical. Um, but I quit after a few years since our eldest son had some health issues. He's okay now, he's doing well, but in those days, it was not well. And we were just you know, literally running to the doctor's clinic every week. So that's how I became a full-time uh, housewife in those days. Mm. So back to this question of um, when the kids, when the two older kids were in their preteens, I began to realize that there were things that I, I have no idea how to deal with them. You know, it's not really disciplinary issues, but I wanted a, a, a warm and enduring relationship with my children. That was one thing that I was clear about. And yet, I sense that that was not really happening, you know. So um, I began to equip myself with reading and trying to find out what works. And it was kind of um, an experimental thing because when you start reading books, it can be very overwhelming, you know. Uh, this book says this. This author says that. Yeah, <laughs> I went through that. I went through that. Mashallah. They're going against one another and also the issue of which one particularly do I start? It's really, mm. but at the end of the day, I remember that particular moment when that was the turning point in my parenting journey. This is what you call catching the kids doing something right. And I realized that uh, maybe there was something about it that I was not doing well. So one day, I went downstairs. We were living in a double-story house at that time. I saw that somebody had washed the dishes in the kitchen. So I knew that it was my eldest because he, you know, sometimes when he saw any dirty dishes, he would wash it. So I called him down and he came down and I, you know, I patched him gently on the back and said, uh, thank you for washing the dishes. So he stepped back. Now, can you imagine his reaction? He stepped back with a look of surprise on his face. Oh. And he said, uh, Is that all you wanted to say? I said, yes. <laughs> and I asked him, why? Kenapa? And he said, I'm going to be Oh, <laughs> he was expecting that. Huh? Oh. You know, at that moment, when I heard him say that, it really hit me like a bullet. He said, oh, this yeah. is one of the greatest lessons. My first lesson that when you as a parent you are very concerned about your children you mm. love your children 
and you wanted them to always do the right things. But in so doing, you tend to, well, for me, it was true. Maybe it's not true for other parents, yeah, for some other parents. Certainly, I was on the wrong path of trying to, uh, every time I see them, every time I saw them doing something wrong, I would say it, hoping mm. that they would make it right. You know, and it became like a focus in my parenting style. You know, criticize. I have to say it out in the hope that they will correct it. But actually, when you understand about children, that's not how it works. You know, it's called reverse psychology. The more you catch them doing something right, the more they will do the right things. Mm. And the less oh. they will do the things that they're not supposed to do. So mm. we, you did mention just now in our discussion, you know, we, we, we want to focus more on the practical things. And I must say that it's not that I did not read any parenting books as I was expecting or before I became a parent. It's just that what I found again and again is that a lot of them, especially from the Islamic viewpoint, too, they are quite abstract. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. You know, raising good children into practical. There is a how do I change my behavior? You know, mm. what are the aspects of children that I need to understand? And how do I fit my behavior into that to raise good children? So that, that was my major challenge. And I began writing. I love writing. I began writing bit by bit. And well, eventually it turned into a book. And I thought after one or two books, I would have had enough. And now writing my seventh book, it seems like this topic. Seventh book, mashallah. Yeah, a lot of things. A lot of things that uh, hopefully will be able to help other parents. And I would like to add the reason uncle joined me is because I spoke to him many, many times. I persuaded him to join me because oh. after several years, he has been accompanying me to present all these parenting talks. Mm -hmm. I realized that there are so few men being involved and yet fathers, you know, the more I read about uh, researchers, about the issues with raising children, it has a lot to do with fathers. And yet oh. the fathers are not there. Yeah. You know, wow. it's something that uh, the mothers often complain about as well because the fathers are not really contributing. They, they could be contributing, they could be there physically, but emotionally, they're not. Yeah, yeah. As well as, yeah, I, I wanted a male figure there to do this job. Mm. That's what differentiates wow. you with the other consultant. You have both there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Both uncle and auntie are there. So it was like, an eye opener for me when I was uh, first attending your your uh, your course. Yeah. Yeah, you are right, Aziz, because it takes a thief to catch a thief. So it's <laughs> harder to catch a father. <laughs> when a father hears a mother or a lady speaking, then they say, "Why should I listen to them?" Then. Subhanallah. So I think wow. uh, that was something was very deliberate. Uh, so that then. Uh, Especially the fathers, they, they didn't feel that um, they, they can see someone is also doing it, and why not, basically. Yeah, but, uh, but before we jump, there's one thing that I want all of you to think. Mm -hmm. When you think about investment of your children, financially, 
How much hmm. do you think? Have you ever thought how much you spend to raise a child in Malaysia? If if for for financial people, uh, people like you all doing your projects, yeah, you would think that how much each of the project is going to cost. Am I right? Indeed, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, let me just cut short the story. There are two studies being made. Uh, one was in 2016 by AIA. The other one was 2020. The 2020 shows that at least a minimum of from zero to 17 years old is RM 150,960 ringgit. Okay, it shows that an average of about 10,000 per year per child, or about yeah. roughly about 1,800 oh, ringgit per child. So that was the 2010 by motherhood.com. But AIA, when they made the study, they give a whopping same duration of between, depending on which school you send, depending on uh, lifestyle you have, between 400,000 to 1.1 million. That was the same question struck me when I joined HR and asked, why do we do a, such a role rigorous and robust recruitment exercise just to hire one graduate executive like you guys, even in Petronas. And the response from the global head of recruitment, is, mm -hmm. he, he asked the same question, how much do you think an executive in a company like Shell, on the average from their starting 20 odd years old until about 55 or even 60, how much do you think it will cost? Everybody gave their answer, which always so far, based on his uh, assessment and actual calculation, seven US million. No way. Yeah. All the cost for your uh, uh, travel, your gaji, your bonus, your health, your transfer, your training, everything all in. Now, if you ask me that we have to spend $7 million to executive, I think that that's why they choose the right people. You and I, when we have children, and if you know that you're going to spend, for argument's sake, half of that figure between four hundred dollars to $1.1 million, even $700,000, that's a whopping figure hmm. to raise. And if you are given $700,000 and you're just going to do simply spend... Oh, gotcha. I don't think Indeed. we're just going to be very so 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 you you now know that this value of the project raising your children is going to cost this. Mm, what do you I, want I, from that project? So are you not going to equip yourself with the skill? Are you going wow. to make sure that wow. you do it properly? Are you going to make sure? But if you got about project, you knew that you know you can have intervention, any delay, buy equipment, mm. blah. But human being, if if, 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 the, if the child grew up and instead of you proud of them, but he is waiting for you in the remand center of the police, you wish that you are uh, this boy was not born. It's, mm -hmm. it's your reputation. So the investment financially is already something that you have to take care, but your reputation, your own lineage, you know, depend, all those things start to come in and that gives what Auntie said just now that we have not done justice of our role as parents because we simply did not equip ourselves enough to raise it, let alone the Quran, let alone the Hadith, let alone all the 
values and principle have advocated to us to be good parents so that then they have one third of their our investment in akhirah can you imagine one third investment you you can bring two third subhanallah they have one third and imagine this one third if it's drag you down you may not cover that two third wow. investment that you thought you brought in akhirah i think that is very profound my opinion so that all of us really especially when you are thinking group you realize that this role this uh, duty uh, it is not something to be taken lightly you know uncle i just like to quote something because sometimes when when we go for this kind of project ma- uh, management courses yeah they they they'd like to to bring this quote by warren buffett yeah like uh, spending money is easy getting value is an art i think that's that's exactly uh, your point yeah? like uh, because we're going to spend money but now you're going to get how much value we're going to get and that's the art we're going to unlock today yeah i, I think uh, i think you you can look at money uh, success in terms of roi re- return of investment how much you put a dollar then you get more than a dollar yeah you are successful but in a child what is it that really when you put your investment there what kind of return are you looking at but the prophet and uh, yeah, the prophetic tradition has make it clear your return is your wanted investment is in them is in their doa to you is in how you have raised them so it is it is a duty not only a moral duty not an obligation but you just cannot run away from it then can i quote a a, a, a book uh, i'd like to conquer what what uh, auntie jamila just mentioned just now about, about the role of father effect gives a tremendous effect to the upbringing of the child yeah so there was this book i came across it's called uh, the faith of the fatherless mm. so there's a, there's a psychologist called paul bits yeah so he, he tries to unlock he's a, he's a catholic research uh, psychologist so he tries to unlock what are the uh, some of the, uh, the the causes for atheism uh, being so rapid uh, in 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 the states yeah so one of the one of the big reason is because of the father so they, they have a lot of dissatisfaction the child and the father that leads to atheism when when they grow up mm. so interesting point but uh, anti jamila you you brought it brings a lot of uh, uh, a lot of sense to uh, mashallah subhanallah so faisal mm. is an appetizer we go to the yep. big course now yeah yeah loving it loving it yeah thanks thank you thank you very much for sharing the context on that mashallah just just by that alone just by sharing the the where your backgrounds and where you're coming from i i it's, it's so inspiring so number one like from what i got from uncle hamad what you're, you're sharing is that you you came from a place of reckon, the reason your your main driver for switching into hr human resources is because you came from the place of recognizing the potential of other people to grow and how you can play that role to nurture that potential to become the best person that they can be right and 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 you channel that passion into parenting essentially you know, i mean hr is essentially oh, who who are who are workers we are basically children who are bigger <laughs> so it's basically you want to channel that same discipline into in, into something which is a, which is more impactful and personal into our lives mm-hmm. and, and and also also one thing as well um i really love uh, what auntie jamila shared as well is one of the lessons that i i learned from this for me is that it's never too late So yeah we may have had some missteps along the way and I, I think every single parent can relate to this we all feel that we are not enough we all feel that we're you know we were we're, we're making these flaws maybe we are, our relationships not as great as it could be maybe I'm spending too much time at work and so on and so forth but how you got through these challenges you thrive through them and you 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 thrive uh, this in, in, because of you know, in, in overcoming those challenges and you turn that to your advantage 
So, mashallah, that's that's really inspiring for me. And as well, the last part, I love that last part as well. Recruiting your husband as the partner to achieve great things together. So, mashallah, I think <laughs> this, this, this part alone, I think a lot of benefits from this, mashallah. So, mashallah. So, yes, uh, alhamdulillah, this was really good. So, but let's get into the meat of our discussion. On with our subject, discussion subject today, parenting struggles in the digital age. No, I just I'm just curious, like the the title the title of the book the the anti published like the leadership in parenting, right? So I mean, uh, perhaps maybe we can start off with this. What does it mean to have leadership in parenting? Because I mean, it's kind of there there are two contexts to this. It's it's kind of difficult to relate that because people think like leadership. People always have this kind of stereotypical mind and. Uh, perception on what leadership is, right? They think about Steve Jobs, they think about Mahadir, they think about Elon Musk, they think about Nelson Mandela, right? But what does this have to do with me being a father or a mother, you know? So it's kind of like, so So that's one aspect. And also, I mean, it's kind of difficult for us to, to be pro, like thinking like this. And I really love the word that you use, like purposeful parenting. But it's kind of difficult to think of proactive and pur purposeful when we're kind of struggling to stay, stay afloat. So that's what, what a lot of parents are going through in the COVID. So Maybe we can start with that. What does this mean in practice, leadership in parenting? Yeah, I think um, this is a question that has always been uh, nagging in many people. Can, can leadership be equipped in a family work, a family environment? Mm. And, and that's why if you look at lots of parenting, either books or articles, it's focusing about helping people and parents and fathers and mothers on managing the day-to-day -day and the struggle that they had to uh, do with their children, you know, either giving the food, making sure they study, uh, discipline them and that sort of things. But when you get so caught up in these day-to-day matters, you may lose sight to what is the real reason why we all are doing what we are supposed to do, you see? Mm. Because to me, when you have what I would, if for many people, the big, heavy, audacious goal, when you have that clarity in your mind, you know where is the vision leading to what you are doing, then whatever struggle that you are doing, you find meaning in what you are doing. Ooh, I love that. Uh, I love that term to use as well. Big, hairy, audacious goal. B hack. I think that's from the book Built to Last, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right? yeah the Good to Great, Good to Great by Jim Collins. Then. Oh, good to Great, mashallah. Yeah, because I think uh, you see, because when when sometimes we do not have these superordinate goals, mm. that's why we become uh, we feel hopeless, we feel helpless, and we're not sure whether it's doing the right thing or not. So, right, kind of like firefighting, isn't it, Uncle? Yeah, I mean, you see, just like you guys, you got busy every day doing things, but you don't know where you are heading. But if right. you know where you are heading, and you know that when you are heading that way, there are certain milestones that you must achieve, and but beware that there are obstacles, struggles that you have to face. Now, obviously, you are more mentally prepared. You know, and so that is a typical project, but a child is so unique. Some child has a prodigy, so genius. Also, people struggling. Young tak genius pun also struggling. Then, <laughs> That's a good point. Young, you know, and then some are good in certain areas. Some are not in certain areas. And we all try to 
you know, make it like a, a factory that everybody is an assembly line must have the same kind of <laughs> output. No, I mean, human beings, they are unique by itself. And are we really the talent amongst our children, for instance? So if they are not so good in mathematics, but they do well in their language, so how do we harness? How do we then help them? And because sometimes we want them to achieve everything, then they themselves felt that, oh, I, I'm, I'm not good enough like uh, my sister, uh, my mm. younger brother. is. So, and when parents do this kind of comparison, mm. you can imagine, you know, you can compare a compressor with compressor A and B, that's fine, they don't talk to you. <laughs> they, have, they have emotions, they have psychology, and you, can, you must be aware that you have a pivotal, real pivotal role. But I wanted to highlight to you all, what is the basis of why we are talking this based on this leadership, right? Mm. Yeah. Maybe Auntie uh, can yes. comment. Um, I just wanted to interject to uh, in response to your question to Faisal. Yep. You see, it's, this is a very common scenario where, you know, parenting, when we raise children, we have to repeat a lot of things, right? It's repetition. Today, okay, there's, there's a mandanity to it. Thing. It feels very mundane. Things like right. washing the clothes and putting them out to dry and right. just feeding the children and, you know, even throwing away the rubbish and right. reading to the children. I had this mm -hmm. father, a young father who came to me once and he said he was very excited when he was expecting his first born. But then mm -hmm. by the time he got a second child, auntie, they get the, I don't know why I feel this way. I, I rasa macam dah tak ada apa lah. Nothing to look forward to. It's like very oh. mundane. So that came from a father, from a young father. Oh, so so the mundanity kind of like worn, like exhausted him, is it? Been there, done that yeah, lah. Been there, done that. that. What's the oh. all this? And then I also had a young mother who, oh. who echoed the same sentiment on a, oh, to wow. another separate occasion. She said to me, right. you know, my child who's about two years, she kept asking me to read the same book. You know how children are when they like yeah, book, when they yeah, like yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. can you please read this to me? Yeah. You know, you can if it's just a two-year-old child, maybe she can't really speak much, but you know from her gestures that she wants mm -hmm. you to read that book. Mm -hmm. She gets bored, she's tired, the mother is bored, mother is tired, and it's like she finds it irritating that the child mm. is asking her to read the same book again and again. So what I'm trying to say is that if you do not have a long-term view, all these things that you have to repeat again and again and again, you don't know the meaning of it. Wow. You know? And that's where you lose focus because other things become exciting and the home front becomes more of an irritation to you because you don't oh that's true that the, where is this going you know it's the same thing again that's what we mean by operational parenting you don't see the meaning the purpose what am i oh, doing for right so right. so let me just illustrate to you uh, this the reason uh, how this book came into the picture is we were on a train ride from London to Sheffield to conduct parenting talks to the student there. So Uncle and Auntie had this exactly same conversation. We oh. found out that parents are just busy 
running around this bread and butter, struggling with yelling and screaming and nagging. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> seem to be working. So what is wow. it that is causing this? So I was reflecting on my corporate world that many of the managers are just so busy with their paperwork, shoving and sugar mm-hmm. and there. But then at the end of the year, a lot of activity, but no real productivity. Right. A lot of distance, no displacement. Can I put it that yeah. way? <laughs> so, so then when we say, what does the Quran talk about it? And I think that's where one of the greatest ah, okay. inspiration comes in. And this is where I'm sharing my slide now. Uh, can you uh, see my slide? Yes, yes, we can. Yeah. Yes, yeah, can. yeah. So I think uh, this is this is what uh, we are trying to uh, work out because I think more and more, and I think very importantly, is that how consistent the Quran is. You know, I mean, the, it's so consistent, uh, and it's. It is not instructing us, in fact. It is in the form of a du'a that all of you would have read it. Mm-hmm. Al-Furqan 74, kan? you know, Rabbana uh, hablana min azwajina wa zurriyatina kurrata a'yun wa ja'alna lilmuttaqina imama. So, I think that gives us this, what I would say, the superordinate reason, that purpose. Bearing in mind, we repeat that Hablana is a gift. Oh Allah, you know, grant us the gift. It's not just... So when you have a gift, that's where you make do and make the best out of it. So it's so consistent now that if you want them to become lil mutaqina imama, that yeah. uh, don't it uh, resonate well with what uh, Allah punya dialogue with the uh, angels on wanting to have a khalifa? Don't you think that this is the kesinambungan or the continuity of our role uh, to become khairah ummah and to benefit back the ummah. So now from this inspiration, this ayat really make us and, and, and put us onto the position that we have no choice but to raise leaders. Then if you have that in mind, the conversation with the children, your day-to-day activity, the struggle that you say now suddenly change into a different approach. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question now. In your office, you got your young talent and young potential leaders. Yeah. You treat them differently, right? You give uh... them some form of new uh, project or initiative and you then mm-hmm. coach them. You, you really want them to be mentored properly. So mm. if you look at the corporate world now and bring it to the God send you talent from your own blood and DNA, aren't you mm. not going to do something different? Now, wow. so wow. when 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 that when that hits into each and every parent, then they know that this is not just any job, not just any role, not just any task, because. When, when we develop this model, and we say, let's make it simple for some people, because some people like models, some people don't like models. So, okay, fine, we work in between. So we came up to this hierarchy of successful parenting and knowing that, okay, this is not to follow Maslow, but it's just a simplified way. So we okay. said that uh, the foundation must be very clear. Husband and wife, strong relationship. No if, no but. 
but having said that, I we do recognize single parent has its role because even in the Quran, they recognize right from Prophet Isa salam and others who uh, have also successfully in the history raised children single-handedly. But, but again and again, it, it, in, in a nutshell, this is uh, a very key important ingredient. And then the physical is what majority of us are giving to our children, which I said earlier, the, the roof, the food on the table, and then sending to school. We have done well on that, providing that. But we, we pick and choose when we come to the third level, which is connecting the holistic needs of a human person. Depending on where we are, depending on how strong we are, depending on what resources we have. So whether it's spiritual and Umi, uh, um, Auntie Jamila will talk more about this dimension. But what I would like to say, you as the parent is the, the front line, as, the, as the, the first line of defense and the last line of defense for the children when they are going to be raised physically, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually, and intellectually. So we play that role. How do we do that? You know, that's I, I will share in, in, in the, the separate model tips of you could then stimulate as you go along. But when they reach to the level where they want to develop their personal aspiration, we play that role as a talent developer. You know, we, we, we want their passion to grow because each and every one of us is, you, Allah has given something extra. Some of us struggle so hard in maths while others, you know, they even don't even study, don't even do homework. They just sit and yet they score. I mean, that's yeah. where we have to recognize the, the uniqueness of each one. But mm. when we help them to reach their aspiration, it doesn't stop there. That's the leadership now comes into the picture. We want to inspire them to become the uh, leading with impact for who? For the Ummah. That's where we are now. Now we are reliving and continuing what the Quran says. And in, in, in this book, uh, leadership is defined at at least three levels. I was asked the question in Japan, a mother said, don't see my son as a leader. Yes, I agree that leaders are defined as the one who hate in organization, company, or even nation. There's only one job. I mean, you can't struggle too much. That's one way of defining leadership. And there are people that Allah gave that capability. There are others like leadership in your own specific areas, in your own expertise. So who is the best Nobel Prize winner on uh, nanotechnology, on biotechnology? Who is the renowned? So there are leaders in their own. So that's another way of defining leaders. The another way of defining leaders is that we raise them having the qualities of a leader. And sometimes maybe it's just honesty. This is like how when uh, Khalifa uh, Umar Al-Khattab walking along the street, hearing a girl defending the, uh, how a customer's right on having the, the right proportion uh, against the view of the mother, yeah. uh, of, of, of the milk, though, the quantity. So I think that's really a, le a leadership quality. That's even... Uh, a character that irrespective of what our child going to be, either a mechanic or a postman or a teacher, they, they have the quality 
of leaders yeah and they then at a certain situation would be rely upon depend upon to take up that leadership role in that situation Mm. I like the way Uncle you put like uh, like leadership is is it's always there in 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 our own capacity in our own space. There will always be position of leadership, regardless if you're a postman or mechanic, like you mentioned. Mashallah, I really like that, uh, and also the, the the way that you link a uh, uh, role of a, a human beings as a caliph in his life in his world to some effective parenting. And one of this is the model you showed here. Yeah, I just wanted to have a bit of explanation from your side. Yeah, because just now Auntie Jamila mentioned about like a. Uh, sometimes uh, we uh, the reason why why parents uh, don't don't follow up on the subse- on the on the next child the subsequent child is because maybe they they lose focus or maybe they're not not living up to the task. Yeah, could that just be a something of like a lack of pa- passion or is it something like a frust- frustration in 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 waiting to reap the rewards? Can can it also be in 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 that angle? I think it's just the mundaneness of doing things, and it could be any. Thing, to be honest, um, you know, you you keep you keep asking yourself, what's the point of doing this again and again, and where am I going? It's like the excitement is no longer there because we have to remember as parents, this is not a sprint. When we build a marriage, a strong relationship with our spouse, and mm-hmm. when we uh, nurture children, when we nurture them, we grow them. If for us to achieve anything, for us to see any achievement, significant achievement, it takes months, years, and many years. It could be decades. You see, it's not something that you feel, it's not like sitting for a test and then the next two weeks you see, wow, you get A or B, and then the next right. milestone and next milestone. It's not like that at all. Mm. So it's something like, I, we, I believe we have to be very clear in our mind. This is a marathon. This is a marathon. And it's something that you have to build and you only see the results many, many, many years later, to be honest. If you get married at the age of, uh, like, 22, your eldest child, you get the first child at 23, your eldest child 10 years later is just 10. Mm. You can't really see... You know, maybe you can see some kind of uh, academic achievements, maybe. But if you think of it as a plant, growing a plant, it takes many, many years. Yeah, mm, that's a good one. That, that fruit, you see? So I think that is the main challenge when we try to raise children, being able to keep the long-term view and this belief in us as Muslims that at the end of the day, even if you in effort despite your best effort things don't really work out the way you want every single even the smallest effort Allah will reward you mashallah brilliant mashallah brilliant I just want to pick up something, Auntie, uh, in your conclusion of the book, Cool Boy Super Science. I love this conclusion. This is actually something quite similar to the theme of the flywheel in the book, Good to Great, which Uncle, mm-hmm. Uncle Ahmad references now, right? So you mentioned in the end here that boys change when they see why they need to. Breakthroughs happen when you least expect it. So I, I love this point. It's like there, there are points where in our parenting journey, we feel like giving up, but just, just hold on a bit longer and then you'll see those things just happening in times that you never expect. That, that's very true. I When I do research for a book, I reflect on my personal experience as well. 
as a basis. But I know that personal experiences are not enough to write a book. So we do research. Right. I yeah, I would do research and see how that probably explains <clears throat> my experience as well as other people's experiences. And mm. I know it's not easy. It's very very hard actually raising children. It's the hardest things. It's the hardest challenge that you have to do because nobody is going to. You know, give you a bouquet of flowers. Well done. Nobody. <laughs> this is coming from a pro programmer, yeah. For for context of our listeners, <laughs> this is the hardest thing. <laughs> from a math whiz genius, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Faisal, from our experience with our six children, they are now aged twenty-three to thirty-six. Wow. Wow. Mashallah. Let me let me put you into perspective. You will have to wait at least between. 22 to 20 to 25 years old to see that the fruits of what you have invested that you have put in where you can see that they are already making the effect as a mature person and for them to be to express some form of gratitude for what you have done to yes. be honest yeah Ooh, it's okay yeah that long yeah it, it it takes that long because you know Like anything, uh, diamond needs to be uh, pressured. You know, uh, <laughs> lemonade has to be squeezed. You know, yeah, inshallah, and uh, to get the right thing. But not, of course, we are not going to squeeze and pressure our children. <laughs> but it's to show that you need that kind of uh, situation where you are being tested. You are being tested as parents. Mm. And on on the flip side, yeah, it, it should. It also brings us some 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 positivity. Like it's not too late. Because the, the 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 goal is still far away, mm. it's not too late to 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 start something up. Uh, it's not too late. Oh. Yeah. But but by the way, this uh, early and late is relative. By the way, just because yeah, New, yeah, just because New Zealand got the first sunlight and we got it uh, several hours later, does it mean Malaysia is late? <laughs> oh, brilliant, Russia! <Marshall>. Like that. <laughs> I mean, it shows that it is not time yet. Yeah, that's good. Some, that's why Allah shows even in flowers there are some blooms in early in the morning and some at midnight the raffles yeah. you know so you got mm -hmm. to wait at the, the right time but yeah mm -hmm. it's how they are and I uncle and auntie when we have our six children and each and every one I mean came from the same mother I offer the same food live in the same house but they came up with their own unique uh, different ways of what they want to achieve in their life But our job as parents is to help them, handhold them, so that then they don't slip away, they don't you know distracted and detour to other pathway. But the point is, is that we allow them to discover what exactly why they are being born. I said to them, there are two important days in their life: the day you are born, and the day you discover why you are born. Wow, mashallah. So once you once you can discover that, then obviously you will really going to maximize. You're going to really really leverage. If you become an engineer, you're just not any engineer. If you become a doctor, you just not become just another statistic. But you really now represent uh, the way that Islam wants you to be in uh, either creating new things or inventing new products. Or this is what we are. This is how a leader's mind. You know, and then when they when they want to improve things, you know, 
uh, a Muslim is better today than yesterday, then will be better from tomorrow than today. So I think in that spirit, our children will be in continuous kaizen. You know, we don't hmm. we don't need to have the Japanese to tell us because it's already there in the way we do yeah, things. I, I want to touch about that breakthrough thing to Faisal that you mentioned. You see, it's so important to have hope when we are mm. because when you raise children it's the given that there will be some kind of unpleasant moments when you have right. decisions that they might not like sometimes right. they don't understand why you're doing what you are doing but the right. real test of the pudding is when they are no longer with you when they are already oh. and what kind of life they live what kind of relationship you have then you would know whether sustainable yeah whether you know, you have done that successfully or not. But to me, again and again, success is not uh, in the result itself. If the result shows, Alhamdulillah. If the result That's doesn't show it, the effort, Allah knows. You know? That's a good point, MashaAllah. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. That's right. Yeah. We are not, um, I mean, despite whatever effort that you put in, sometimes still, things still don't turn out right. But mm. we know that we are not going to make measure the child at 10, 20, even 30, at 40. Yeah, right. It could be that the child will make a turnaround at age 50, even when we are no longer around. So that, that mm-hmm. we need to have that hope and optimism very, very important for me. Breakthrough, oh, sure. there will be some breakthroughs, maybe small, maybe big. So you just keep on doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Relationship strong with Allah as well as the child. And also between husband and wife, very important to keep that. That you, oh. don't, you know, you don't run down each other, support one another. That's a good point, mashallah. There are two important takeaways here, mashallah. So, one, one of the things I realized is so it's important for us to realize to keep that big picture in mind, keep your eyes on that prize. Yeah, so I think that that 20 year mark that uncle's reminding us that's a super important reminder for us. I mean, be, be patient. The fruits of your labor, as Auntie said, even the fruits might not even come because as Muslims, we believe that. Even the prophets were tested with children which are not didn't turn out the way that they wanted it to be. Let's look at the sons of Yaqub, right? The brothers of Yusuf. And so one of the things that I, I try to remind myself as well is like, for example, like uh, when I'm dealing with the challenges, like for example, my tantrum of my three-year-old son, which happens a lot. So it's it's not some it's it's not it's not something new. <laughs> so I think everyone goes through this. And I always remind myself that I want to treat him in such a way that this is something I want to I want to be with him, be present with him. Uh, put up with those un- un- uncomfortable feelings because I want to raise him in a way that when he grows up, he'll be, he'll be open to share his feelings with me. I want that relationship that Yusuf used to have with Yaqub. So that's kind of the eye on the prize that I always remind myself. Yeah. yeah. But you manage your expectation because Allah has his grand design. Mm. Because yeah. the love between Yaqub and Yusuf was not uh, a fairy tale story but Allah put sense of reality. Had he That's not true, yeah. dove into the well, had Yusuf not sold in, uh, into the slavery, had it not gone into the house of where he is being tested by the lady of the house, had it right. not been in jail, right. had it not made that prediction, he would not met the king who finally right. appointed him right. as the Menteri Khazana. Who then go, yeah, so you can see now how Allah grand design that you and I cannot see. I mean, I cannot see when when we struggle with some of the children that we have, you know, in mm. 
grew up, whether it's their physical health, whether their uh, cognitive uh, uh, thinking process or whether behavioral and these sort of things. So Allah wanted to show us in the powerful story of Yaqub and Yusuf is that I have a grand design. You may plan what you want, but I have a great, much, much more meaningful uh, design of, uh, of his plan. So again, managing that expectation is uh, quite an important, uh, but not losing hope like what Yaqub had, you know. Yes, yes, yes. One, of the, one of the gems that we must take away from Prophet Yaqub is, is that he spoke twice when he lost his son twice by saying Fasabrun Jamil. So that Fasabrun Jamil is such a powerful mantra for all parents, you know, when, when they come to this point, uh, especially those who have put a lot of effort. I've given you so much food. I've given you so much this. Why are you not, <laughs> why are you not behaving like that? Your cousin and that sort of things. Right. I yeah, mean, it really, uh, you, you are in full control of the boy or the daughter. So I think those are some conscious questions that we need to take as being parents because we knew deep in our heart that, oh Allah, you give me, this is a gift to me. I, you, I want to raise him like a leader. When you do that in your mindset with mm. your wife, then the conversation of getting that toy, of extending hours of the digital, of looking right. at... Um, what why do we why do we need to greet this uh elderly person or do good deeds is a totally different conversation yeah, this is not becoming like a show you know yeah, why yeah, do i yeah. have to why do i have to take the rubbish and not this young guy this young guy is cook free <laughs> you know that conversation is the conversation just to build a sibling rivalry instead of mm. harmony but a conversation that brings you to a leadership to become a leader is definitely a different table when your dinner table conversation honestly guy yeah. honestly yeah. I, I like just now one of the points uh, uncle Lanty brought about like, like some of the the limit tests right? you see how how well you have raised your children is when they they're no longer with you yeah, yeah. and I, I i give a lot of thoughts to that you know, every day because i alhamdulillah i'm blessed with three daughters yeah? and I, I love them to to, to to bits yeah uh so i was in my head it's like um, Alhamdulillah, but this is a time for me that I can have the circle of influence. I have the, the primary share in the circle of influence. But there'll come a time when, Alhamdulillah, if Allah uh, give them risky to get married, so their circle of influence will shift suddenly. So I, I always tell them, like, uh, if you want to be um, uh, uh, for, for a daughter, mashallah, this is the best time for you to, to, to spend the best maximum time with, with us. Because we will love you as much as we can. But there will come a time later on that 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 chair will have to shift, be shifted. And that's when, when you get, if Allah bless you with a husband, that's when, when, when it shifted. And when, when that comes to, to thought, yeah, sometimes I always have like a, like a, like a, like a timeline. Say, okay, I gotta, I gotta do by, by five years, by one year, by five years, by 10 years. Because eventually, if Allah permits and they get married, so they would have a different focus and, and, um, and hopefully, hopefully whatever I've, I've educated them uh, in their young will stick to them and, uh, and and, and you, you do it to, to, to their own family, inshallah. But, but it, it, I give a lot of thoughts to that. And sometimes it makes me feel a bit emotional because you because when your kid when your daughters grow, grow up, you you know you, it, it's been different. It's not like boys. I, I'm I, like I'm a son, and until till today, I'll take 
100% of my parents advice all the time but but when you mm. but it's a bit different from my wife because yeah it's just the nature of life yeah? <laughs> so, so i have a, a bit like a time a time frame sometimes two things here uh Amir, about emotions actually whether we like it or not uh, being parents it's a highly emotional job because they are our mm. children and we raise them from young so there are a lot of expectations and it's different you see you imagine yourself if you were a neighbor or a teacher to a child versus you being a parent to the same child your perspectives might not be the same because by virtue of them being our own flesh and blood we feel very responsible very accountable and naturally there is a tendency to i mean it's not necessarily a bad thing it could be a good thing it could be a bad thing how we respond to certain situations for instance when a child does a mistake whether we let that emotions run through us to the extent that we we have an outburst for example okay? but you have to think that at the same time is the emotion of love that that motivates us to do something to express that love in a more meaningful meaningful way how to guide mm. child and being restrained in our um, in our frustration and not to you know vent over out. the top vent out to the extent that the focus has shifted from that mistake to our own anger for example okay right that's one the other thing is um, having four children who are already married. It's not a matter of, I mean, this is our experience. It, it could be something else for, uh, for other people. We have one daughter only and five sons and the daughter is already married. Yes, it is true that when they are married, they set up their own branch. And of course, they have bigger commitments to the spouse and to the in-laws. But at the same time, I find that if, you know, there, there are ways and means where you keep that relationship growing. It still grows. It's not like once you are married, you're cut off. It's not like that at all. Mm. Because they still come back to us for advice, for this and for that. You know, and we have specific uh, channels. Like we have the big group in the family and then we have personal groups. If they, oh. yeah, even for me and my sons, and I know my husband does that too. Sometimes one of them will just they contact us. They need one-to-one -one advice uh, as per their relationship uh, between the spouse or whatever they want with their children. And sometimes you can help them. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's just beyond us. Something that you're not familiar with, you know. Right. So I, our own experience is that yes. Um, what I'm trying to say is that Ame is something positive. When I know that feeling of uh, letting go is not easy, now they are on a different territory with in-laws and that, but Alhamdulillah, our experience has been positive. It's how we deal with them right from the start, you know. Um, when they look for a spouse, they will consult us. And even at that moment, as you guide them, it actually strengthens the trust between you and them. Mm -hmm. You leave it their decision, but... At the same time, if what you say makes sense, then they are more likely to respect and abide by your uh, guidance. Mashallah. Very encourage, encouraging words, Auntie and Uncle. Mashallah. <laughs> Very positive. So far, Alhamdulillah. Okay. Mashallah. Mashallah. Yeah, just to wrap this up as well about the idea about the flywheel. Mashallah. Like the, the, the results you don't see uh, until the very end. And the, the, the example that Uncle brought to illustrate that point, Yusuf, 
It's only towards like many, many decades of his life that you see him as Al-Aziz, the minister, right? But you've gone through all those moments in your life. And actually, every moment of those struggles make that person who they are. And you don't see that breakthrough yet. So, mashallah, I mean, it, it takes a lot of uh, patience and, and sometimes, inshallah, put your trust in Allah. And so maybe inshallah, uh, maybe we can bounce into the, the 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 topic that we wanted to speak about. We want to emphasize now it's about the challenges of, of, of this, of trying to nurture this in, in in this digital age that we're in right now. Now, uh, just put some context as well. Before the pandemic, a lot of parents were kind of trying to wean off the dependency in their gadgets, including my wife and I actually. Uh, in fact, actually, Uncle MD, uh, I was just discussing with my wife like what what we can talk about in this discussion, right? So. Uh, my wife reminded me that she still remembers the, the time that we met you because we wanted to consult you about you know, having a, having the parenting course in Miri. And this was in, back in 2015. And then I, re I remember one of the things that really stood out from that conversation was that you said that during the dinner tables, all the phones are on the table, if I'm not mistaken. And, and who looks at the phone has to pay for dinner? dinner? Did, did I get that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So, so <laughs> I just want to, I'm just, just curious right now. Like, so now the pandemic, right? Suddenly gadgets have become like the go-to tool, right? Even, even to go to school, even for education, right? So, you know, I mean, I'm just wondering now, now that we're growing out of this, inshallah, hope, hoping growing out of this pandemic era and this, this phase of digital dependencies, how can we extract wisdoms from that? And has your stance on this, you know, this, this lack of uh, tr trying to distance ourselves from that digital kind of dependency during dinner, has that kind of made a shift or changed since then? No, it has not. Um, a very, I mean, there's something, there is a slide that I want to show. Uh, all of you, Faisal, Ami, and uh, Aziz. But before that, you see, and I'm jumping the gun a little bit. After this, I will explain about the seven domains of child outcomes because it will give very specific areas where uh, which we have to respond to. All right, back to the question. Is it still valid, right? Dinner time, no uh, gadget, why not? Yes, of course it is. Mm -hmm. It is still mm -hmm. very valid because... You see, when you look back, and to me, uh, the Prophet is always our best role model. Uh, when we look at Surah Al-Qalam, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, wa inna azim. And you, Muhammad, are of exalted character, right? This is something um, pandemic or no pandemic, digital era or no digital era, we can always return for inspiration and motivation on how to raise people, on how to raise children, how to engage with people. You know, mm. at the end of the day, today we have pandemic, today we have gadgets and Wi-Fi. And we don't know what's going to happen in the next generation. There will always be some kind of challenge we have to deal with. That's but true. that's one thing that holds true. We are dealing with human beings. <clears throat> and as human beings, our children, they need... Um, they need inspiration. They need engagement. Engagement means real human interaction, right? Mm. Uh, we cannot, I mean, it doesn't matter how advanced we are in terms of uh, gadget or smartphones or whatnot. There is this basic need of interacting with adults, with other children. So mm. that is that is that can make or break your parenting how to raise children. If we look at the um, at the, the brain development of children, you mentioned, Faisal, that your child is three years old. Yeah. Actually, the fastest growth development occurs below the age of four, 
That means from zero to three, oh. it's very, very fast. Right. right. And oh, gadgets, gadgets cannot replace that need uh, for speech development, for instance. We know that despite, you know, we see parents, um, you know, in supermarkets and restaurants because they want to quieten their babies, even two years old, by the detector again. And all those, mm, yeah. all those images and very fast uh, things really capture the baby's attention. Right. But we also know what happens when you do that, what happens over, over time, very regularly. You know, when there is no real interaction between uh, children, between the babies, the infants, and other adults, yeah? Their language development is stunted. Because uh. You cannot teach children how to speak by just giving them gadgets. Forget about those young Einstein programs. In fact, yesterday, while researching for this session, I came across a report, but I did not uh, say that. It says that there is this young Einstein program. Um, it's kind of games that's made for two-year-olds. It has been shown to, to have adverse effects on the development of children's brains. So we have to keep that in mind when we are um, deciding whether to give or not to give. But at the end of the day, mm. we have to know the difference between education versus entertainment content. What is the content? That ah, the content? Mm -hmm. You see, it, this is not a matter of black and white, uh, whether to give or not to give. Right. When you mm. give the gadget or you know, something that distracts the child, what is the content of that you are giving? Yeah. What is the impact mm. of that child? You see? So I know that some people would say it's okay, but for me and uh, Uncle Fakri here, we feel that, that there are certain uh, guidelines. For instance, meal times, you should not be looking at the gadget because that's mm. the time when mm. yeah, that, that, that's the time when you need to interact with the child, you know, and you need to grow their brains through. Uh, intellectual level, not serious kind of interaction, but it's it's creating those bonds, long-term view, like what we said just now, you know, rather than feeling that, oh, this is just another time you need to rush, and you don't want the children to have to rush through the meals so that they can get back to their games, for instance. That's something, um, when you notice these kind of things, there's something mm. quite right there. You know, and mm. children shouldn't have to compete with the gadgets for your attention. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh. Mm. Should not, because that's their right. Why do we work in the first place, right? We, of course, we want to climb the corporate ladder, we want to do well. And of course, that's one of the ways that we can inspire our children. But it's what we are saying here is that there has to be structure in the in the family. What does structure mm. mean? I know that this is kind of abstract term. Structure means, number one, the kids feel that there is order at home. Order at home doesn't mean that 8 o'clock you have to have breakfast, you know, 10 o'clock you have to uh, do homework and all that. But not necessarily as rigid as that. Not a regime. Not, not a regime, but something that makes them feel stable. Maknanya meal times is a safe time where you, you know, you want to interact with the parents, the parents mm. make the children feel welcome, the children, it's in unhurried way. Although I know, you know, with the, with one child, wah, 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 and the other, <laughs> yeah. 
But try to keep calm no matter what, although it's difficult. I know it's difficult, especially, yeah, it's difficult. Home, especially for the mothers, all right? Yeah. But um, coming back to this question, yeah, about the uh, about whether the digital need is really something that is um, that is a struggle. I'm sure it is a struggle. But if we were, I, I would like to draw your attention to this big picture. This is something new that we uh, we came up with. Is the seven domains of child outcomes. And when we are talking about child outcomes, we are talking about the long term view again and again. Mm. So the word outcomes, then we can replace it with intelligence or literacies. That means physical intelligence, physical literacy, okay. you know, um, acumen. Yeah, that is also possible. But if you look here, the center one is spiritual. Spiritual mm. because for us as Muslims, that is the basis, that is our belief system. Right? So this is like the roots, the roots. And when we talk about young children, yeah, young parents, we know that our career progression happens when we are raising young children as well. So that's why like mm. most challenging times. Mm. It helps to keep in view that brain development as well as the belief system in a child occurs the strongest when they are young, you see? So I feel that if we were to keep that in mind, then we will we'll be more mindful of what we are doing right now. Again, content versus time, how much time you are spending on that content, or is it educational or and uh, entertainment based, all right? Mm. So it's always back to these four things that you have to consider, right? It's not a black and white thing. Okay, if we go back to the spiritual, and from there, spiritual is like the roots. The roots, you are, like you are growing a plant. The stronger the roots are, the easier you will deal with all these six other things, right? Mm. So physical, physical, what does physical mean? What happens if we do not pay attention to the physical domain or physical intelligence, like kids not doing their exercise, uh, not just sitting there in front of their iPads or smartphones or gadgets. You know, you get busy, bangun-bangun, they just start my game. The whole day, for instance, right? So tempting, right. if you're not supposed to go out, you know, so it's, it becomes a real danger that when this habit is in place, it gives way to obesity and inactivity. And we know how mm. um, how easy it is with all the too good to be true Malaysian food, right? We are just caught with food. You know? <laughs> Plus spending hours in front of the gadget. So what do we as parents, what do we do in a practical sense? Mm. Of course, we have to be the role model. And then we have to do things in such a way that we instill that motivation and confidence for the child to live a life that has physical activity. Ah, uh, okay. If we Con look at the Europe, a child needs at least three hours of physical activity. Yeah, in Finland. Young children, all right? Per day, you mean? The, oh. Per day. Per day. Wow. Ah. Wow. That's, uh, that's much wow. That's why at minus 21 degrees in Finland, children outside, because them is that it's not a matter of what is the temperature outside, it's what you wear that is important to protect yourself. So wow, mashallah. Then adjust. 
So, but right. you no, know, I, I want to bring down uh, anti punya seven domains ni uh, into some practicality. So, if you imagine uh, you you have a trip with your children mm-hmm. and you you consciously consider this element in your trip. Because, ah, okay. because that's how you can build it. So, mm. a good example I would share with you is that when auntie and uncle bawa the children to uh, New Zealand, we assign each children with a role. Wow. <laughs> one, yeah, uh, that was uh, from eight years old, Siraj was then, and then the Alia, 14. So, uh, Siraj was the uh, airport controller, you oh. know? So, So I I just hold the passport, but I ask Siraj, you tell me which counter to go, which gate to go, and all those things. So you assign. Ah, uh, mashallah. So 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 that's you can put the element element of physical and element of social is is that I said to anyone if you want to sit either window or aisles, you have to ask negotiate with Siraj. All right. <laughs> so then you give him that opportunity to then manage. Uh, the social aspect of this. And he was uh, eight, year, eight years old uh, at the time. Uh, and then Sharif, Sharif then, uh, he was asked to become the gadget boy because of, you know, <laughs> all the electric plug and more importantly, as I said, Sharif, uh, we want uh, you to uh, take note of the Qiblat. So gadget was another uh, part of him You know, so then he 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 became yeah uh, obviously when you got responsibility you take it seriously uh, yeah. in in uh, the prayer time the solat time and so you assign with them uh, so that spiritual came into the nature uh, I think Safi was about twelve thirteen so Safi was a kind of a program manager so that then I said to him so from one city to another city what time will we arrive. Uh, so that then right. you know we plan our way so that when we stop for prayer, Sharif tells us the time. Then uh, the keep uh, and then uh, when do we plan to have our food and that sort of things. And by the way, knowing that Alia wanted to become a doctor, then we say Alia, you become the paramedic, so you handle in case any injury. But because everybody was having this uh, was very very well behaved and no one got hurt, then I assigned her to become an accountant. So every single uh, transaction, you know, masukkan duit, minyak, beli, stock over, uh, makan, and then, you know, buy things at the supermarket. So she then, okay, what is our today punya? What is our cumulative? Now, and oh, the whole family will just have to clean up the motorhome. We, we did it with, with the motorhome instead of staying. Oh, okay. A camper van. Huh? Okay. Camper van uh, from uh, North Island to South Island. But that whole episode, you know, You know, forget. You know, you can see them learning about the Maori culture. Uh, along the way, you stimulate their minds uh, on planning and that sort of things. They still have to meet. They see Malaysia then, and then all the maintaining the spiritual element to show that Islam is dynamically living. Whether you are, tra- and that's where they learn about jama and kasar. They learn about maintaining relationship with Allah is all always there. And then uh, uh, making sure that their emotional well-being are constantly uh, by giving short tazkira, look at the mountain. This is right. where then you can pick the theme of the Quran and say, "MashaAllah, how a balance and how Allah has built this uh, universe." So I think again and again, uh, 
You see, I've not even thought about gadget inside that. Subhanallah, right? subhanallah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uncle, this is a tiny tips, especially school holidays is just a month away. Yeah? <laughs> Parents, yeah, yeah, this is a really good so, tips. Yeah? So every visit to wherever we go now, there is a conscious effort, you know, as simple as I wanted to improve their BM because they studied in international school for that matter. How do I do that? So I said to everyone, we're going to go to Malacca, we're going to visit uh, Rumah Malaysia. And then from there on, we go from house to house, Rumah Malacca, Rumah Perak, Rumah Selangor and those sort of things. Oh. And inside there, we can see Jala. So this is what Jala is. This is what Tempayan is. This is what Bubu uh, is. Getting in touch with the Malay culture. Malay culture. So that's uh, uh, a language also for that matter. So why why uh, some of the pre-bahasa? So again and again, yes, it has uh, certainly put an effort. At that time, tak banyak lah nak buat internet and apa, all those things. <laughs> but again and again, you know, you can make this whole thing a very, a very fun, a very uh, engaging uh you know, you can still uh, give uh, gadget time, so allocated. But what I wanted to emphasize is, is that you can then use gadget. So, um, okay, tonight... To enhance that. So instead of uh, Maghrib and Isha, you can always use time uh, to look for some YouTube good videos. And not necessarily ceramah, but some good discoveries, either for Animal wow. Planet and that sort of thing. Mm. So uncle has three levels of question if I want to ask, if I feel that they are into it. You know, so what do you think of the that we watch, whether it's TED Talk or not, depending on the age of maturity? Uh, and then uh, you can ask also about their opinion, you know, why is this happening? So then this is all about, you know, whatever you call it, the kebaka, kemahiran berfikir, or you want to think about critical thinking, you so there are so many ways, but what I want to remind is that don't do like you and I would spend one and a half hour watching ceramah. The Ugra make it short. 10 minutes is already long for them. So short and sweet, but meaningful. Because they may not say it then, but further down the road, they say, you remember or not that we watched this? Or you remember? Wow. Those are, oh, I love those moments, yeah. Those are, in my opinion, where you know that that's, you, you it's, it's like dripping the water drop by drop. You know, instead of throwing the whole mm. thing, uh, one gotcha. hour, you send them the barrage of, you should not be, thou shalt do it. Now, you have done it. <laughs> commandments after commandments. <laughs> it's, just, it's just another, you know, verbal diarrhea from that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Get> my brain. <laughs> yeah, I love this uncle because you you turn the every vacation into an educational opportunity that engages all those seven spheres that Auntie spoke about the emotional, the financial, the spiritual, like every single aspect. Because you know, as parents, the tendency of us is that when we go vacation, that that develop developmental mind just put we put it on the shelf for a while, you know. <laughs> Kind of like, mm. but but what you do is like like everyone learns. I love this, mashallah. Lawatan sambil belajar. Oh, mashallah, yeah. indeed, hundred percent. And you know what? Let me tell you seriously. We also learn from them. Oh, you look yeah. at things, but they look their their insight is different, mm. and that's yeah. where the power. And of course, uh, auntie and uncle, we encourage them to speak. So, like for instance, 
uh, in 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 the car traveling from uh, one location instead of okay they got their books to read and sometimes then uh, we can also organize uh, a, a simple topic so what's your opinion now so at one time when my sister was there who was a teacher so we had a, a in toastmasters we have table topic session impromptu speech mm -hmm. so then uh, they choose they give the title uh, why uh, what will happen if you abolish school Obviously, it's a sensitive question for a teacher in the car. Allow the children to express themselves, uh, putting their uh, thoughts yeah. to shape their views. You see, yeah. we think it's right. Uh, you know, school where even the first ayat of Jibril is Iqra and not Khalifa or is <laughs> or Taqwa. You know, it's Iqra yeah. because. From only that moment that you then understand what does taqwa means, what does uh, amanah means, and this sort of thing. So I think that is the moment uh, what Jamila and I did. We talk about teachable point of view. You know, ah, okay. You can just step in just in time, just like the wahyu came. You know, things mm -hmm. was right in the middle that Allah sent that message. You know, right, right, right. You are the one that now replacing that moment by interjecting that not too much because after some time they say ah dah datanglah khutbah Jumaat hari ni kan ni their attention span is short. Yeah, we are still talking about the parenting struggles, right? Um, taking the perspective of the digital devices, there it is a fact that. In digital devices, there is there are immense benefits you can get from that. It has been proven that uh, children who have learning difficulties, um, uh, disabilities, using computers help. But the, the 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 thing is, with us, it's more like a lot of parents. You look here; they see other parents dishing out the smartphones, the digital devices, the gadgets. And they feel pressured into doing the same without really understanding why they're doing it and what mm. are the implications. So okay. I we need to have a real understanding. What am I giving to my child? Is it mm. appropriate? What is it doing to the brain development, to the well-being of the child? That means it's not just a matter of giving. Know what you're doing because at the end of the day, we are answerable to what we are doing. The child doesn't know. You know, mm, the that's true. has no clue, has no inkling of what it's doing to the brain, whether it's good for the education, what does it, um, is it thought-provoking, does it improve his memory skills, or mm. other skills that need to be developed, understanding. I mean, we ourselves, I must say, I like to spend a time with my granddaughter, apart from activities, to watch some videos, good stories like... Um, Oxford Owl. The, yeah, Oxford Owl. There are books, the e-books. You know, mm. that just read to her again and again while I sit there or just within distance, I can hear what the book is reading so she can move. Mm. And we started doing that, that when she was six, five. I yeah. think about the age of five. Yeah. I listen to Oxford Owl. And there are good story videos like uh, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Yeah, the Very oh, I have that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's not just about shoes, actually. It's about a concept. It's right. about helping people, no matter who they are. Right. As a parent, if we are not there, nobody is going to tell the child, this is not just about 
giving shoes. That's true, subhanallah. Uh, you know, helping people. It's, a, it's actually teaching, actively teaching the child about discrimination. Mm. About, you know, jangan, jangan uh, pandang tu orang ni. This is mm. a Colorism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called colorism. It's not told in the story, but that's what parents do. That's what you can extract, right. Right. So, I, so if I understand this correctly, Auntie, the keyword here is mindfulness. Did I get that right? Like understand what you want from it and what are the risks and benefits from, from anything that you do, even if it's a simple physical book, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I know we are inching in closing, but then um, I wanted to take from what Auntie said uh, in terms of making sure that what can we turn our struggle to something that it becomes a endearing moment for them. Is it a struggle moment? Is it right. a moment? And and right. we still talk about the proactive because the book, uh, both book uh, talks about the proactive measure. And I wanted to share with you uh, the the model uh, of uh, what we put in the book. Then this is the model we put. Uh, can you see my slide now? Yep. Yep. Yes, yes, can, yeah. So so what we did was again being an engineer and. Uh, trying to structure things. Uh, yeah, oh, we talk about that 20 odd years old. So we, if you put that, and many have asked about this seven years uh, phasing, whether it's from Serena Ali, but uh, whichever oh, okay. it comes from, you you you, you make yourself uh, at least have a, an extra focus uh, on being a nurturer, being the coach uh, on the appropriate age. And again, and again, this is just a guideline. Uh, it doesn't say that, you know, six years and 11 months, I cannot become a coach. Yeah. When the, appropriately the child needs that. So what, what I wanted to say is that at each year, for instance, that brain development is a lot more at the zero, four, six years old. That's where you really want to uh, expand uh, their, their mind because if you use the gadget, and it's already known by the neurosurgeon and the neurologist saying that if you just use one finger to just sort of move things and uh, on the screen, it's only one part of the neuron area is being triggered. So oh. other parts are not being triggered. So your job with uh, beyond just gadget, if you go and interact with nature, go and interact with flora and fauna, zoos, you know, uh, aquarium fish and everything, that's where you could see that how the whole uh, brain development with uh, the sight, the hear, the sound, the smell really develops them. And I think this is what we want parents to be able to do uh, with them. And, and research confirms both in UK and Australia where the scientist is really, uh, until at the moment, could not find the answer why when fathers read bedtimes or read books to the children, their vocabulary increase. Despite fathers that, specifically, yeah, Uncle? Yes. Yeah, fathers, yeah. Because they did that study. When father reads or, of course, engage and communicate, the vocabulary of the children increases. Of course, mothers has their own vocabulary, you know, go and clean your beds and, you know, tidy up the room and this sort of thing. But father will come back and say, you know, uh, I think, in my opinion, the strategy, <laughs> I mean, that probably why uh, it increases. But again... Yeah. The, the engineer fathers, at least. <laughs> <laughs> but what I wanted to say is that that's where you, uh, you, are, you are in your radar screen. 
you know, fathers is in the radar screen because you take time with them. They know that you are busy and they have been reinforced. Dad is tired, dad is all those things. But the fact that dad spent time with me, then I am a priority to him. Wow, that's a good point. So it builds a lot of self-esteem, isn't it? Yeah, it, it also have. That's where kalau you ask them to write their karangan, uh, who is the most unforgettable character in this world? Would you think that they will write about us or more Saleh wow, and Ronaldo? So <laughs> okay, write about Iron Man or Batman? We don't know, huh? Yeah. So wow. again, we are the one who's responsible to expose them. I mean, can't blame the, the children. They do visit their friends and they do watch all those things. But yeah, what true. conversation we have with them is going to change the way how they think. And especially mm-hmm. the seven thirteen, we know very well the prophet asked us to take a much more a stronger uh, affirmative action role of uh, guiding them, telling, embedding the values. You know, so those things the. Uh, outdoor activities, the travel, cool, siru fill out. Jalanlah kamu di dunia ini. So, uh, I I talk about yes, 16 thinking hacks because I wanted the children to have some cognitive uh, exposure. Um, we then expose them to some of the digital knowledge education and know the difference uh, entertainment and what not to do. So, I think if you want to download the apps, uh, let the download the apps done by the 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 phone but we download the apps of respect the apps of amana the ah, apps there you us. Go. we are the one who would be downloading the apps while we didn't know oh we can also download the apps of apalari you know all the dusty <laughs> words that came to our mind in the time of and they pick it up they pick yeah, up yeah, the app yeah. you you cakap sekali je mm. you know that boleh buat kenapa i tak boleh buat Why? Then download it to us. Of downloading the apps, guys. Now, if you have done well between these two stages, your third stage, which is the stage of day, is in a very challenging mode. You, you. I mean, this is really uh, uh, very clear because their body changes, guys. Third stage, as in the the teenage phase, right? Teenage phase, the hormones, and they say, "Wow, this is the age of unreason and this sort of things." But you have been their first and the last line of defense. I bet you they will come to see you. I bet you that you are someone that they will want to talk to. I bet you that you are the one that either not only reinforce the values that they suddenly see amongst their friends. They start to compare. Uh, they start to feel oh how how my friends their parents divorced, uh, how they had feelings, hard feeling with their siblings. But you, they know that the sanctuary that they have lived and grow and seeing you as not only the mentor but role model. And you uh, really someone that they look up to. So it's kind of like a combination of those two phases. Then, like what uh, you've done there, yeah, that's what you'll see. The teenager, whatever challenges that you see, it's kind of like a manifestation of those years that you invested before that. Yeah, and then at each year, you consciously have what output you want them. I I put there be a reader, so that's the ikrak bit, and then be a speaker, ability to speak. Prophet Ibrahim at that age was able to speak out. Uh, to his father as well as to the community at that age, and then as they become teens, you expose them to become the leader. Now that they have equipped with both knowledge and skills and ability to express and articulate their thoughts, so so leadership becomes something that yes, now I can take a smaller part. So whether you go for your holiday to give them some leadership uh, mini role 
or whether they are in their school taking up, encourage them, you know, head of librarian ke, or head of discipline. Ke. So you then be able to encourage and motivate them and right. use the, this gadget to add value to their knowledge. And when they leave the nest, mm -hmm. by all means, you knew very well that they can soar high, fly high, not because where they are sitting on the top of the branch, whether it's Petronas, whether it's Shell, is because you, you have equipped them with the wings oh, it's beautiful. to fly to where they want to be. Mm. I think Allah. I think I think you you now feel that you have oh, oh Allah, I am I, I am blessed with the gift that you have given to me, oh Allah. Uh, I have now uh, uh, do whatever I have put my effort together with my wife, my spouse, and now, inshallah, ya Allah, guide him, ya Allah, in the, in, the, in the next journey of him into the real world to be an independent and to become the leader of the ummah and contribute back to the ummah. So I think that 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 wraps up the whole entire story no. that we want to have in this journey of being a parent and see our children grown up then. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. Uncle, I, I, I really, I love this conversation. It's opened up so many different questions, but yeah. fortunately we've come towards the end. Oh man, you, you opened up so many more questions. Maybe we'll have another time, inshallah. <laughs> but uh, maybe, maybe just to share with our listeners out there, including ourselves as well, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Maybe I can hear from both of you, Uncle and Auntie as well. Ladies first, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> For me, the most important legacy uh, that I wanted to leave my children is for them to be guided uh, in their daily decisions, in their daily actions and thoughts, guided by the Quran and the Sunnah. I can't think of any uh, bigger legacy. I hope that is the kind of message I am sending them, hopefully, and for that to continue down generations children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. I hope. MashaAllah, it's beautiful. I think uh, all parents want to make sure that when their children finally being matured and independent, they can stand on their own feet with mm. strong values and principles. And you knew that you are the person who have planted the seed uh, make sure that they have been nurtured and understand those values and principles are meant to guide them in the spirit of what our uh, the Quran and uh, prophetic uh, tradition wants them to be. Uh, they know that that this um, religion, this deen, is not a deen of only in the time of one thousand four hundred years ago. It is the barakah effect of that deed from that time and even Prophet Adam that we are the one that continuing the dots, the dots of our each and every one of us to make sure that you know the they they, they live up with the life of the Quran, they uphold the principle and the values of what the Quran is asking them to do, and they see the effect of that barakah of upholding and practicing that in their own life. Then I think, inshallah, uh, we knew that our investment has already been put into good use then 
And I think the word rest in peace is clearly <laughs> meaningful peace. And Actually, I just want to add to that very quickly, Faisal. You know, the, the fact that I have lived in the States for more than four years as a student, and I've seen how, you know, uh, in a nation where it's so advanced in one, from, from some aspects, they are very advanced, but in terms of everyday life, and even today, when I, when I do research on parenting, and when you research on parenting, you cannot help but look into uh, cultures, how the teenagers are living, how families yeah. are the, the one thing that keeps popping up in my mind is how the disintegration of families because of no commitment towards marriage, uh, long-term mm. marriage, you know, there's so much so much is based on desire and physical attraction and not on the long-term view of the hereafter. The repercussions, mm. the consequences of mental health or physical health of, you know, there are so many single mothers, for instance, unwed um, teenage pregnancy is just so widespread. And when they take up this load of having to raise children, because, you know, when you are free to stay around with anyone you like, um, mm. have babies, and then the men just leave and you live with one man after the other without financial backup. And that is one of the causes of poverty. And not just mm. poverty, it's a cause of great social and mental and emotional and psychological breakdown. So wow. when you look at the Islamic perspective where, you know, we have a very and from, from a non-Islamic viewpoint, they feel like this is so rigid. You know, you have to do the nikah, you have to do the cop, you know, you have really mm. the sacredness of marriage itself. When it is gone, actually a lot of things go wrong in society. And you know, the 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 pain and the hurt and the harm, the harm that I was looking for, the harm that it does to generations after, it's very difficult to correct that. Mm. Wow, it's really Shabbos. profound. All right, snowball effect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah mashallah. Yeah, mashallah. So, yeah, Uncle Antti. Also, we want to know as well, um, from from just just to share with us and the listeners out there, if there was one quote, one ayah of the Quran, or one hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, or a quote from our prior predecessors or salaf, what is that one quote that kind of gets your blood pumping, gets you motivated, gets you inspired? That, that thing that you always return to? Well, I, I still go back to Al-Furqan 74 because uh, that one uh, keeps us in, keep us check uh, in what we are doing uh, because it is not only just an amana but responsibility. Uh, it is, the, the, the best thing is, is that it, it doesn't come like an instruction. Thou shall be good. Oh, that's true. No, no, that one, it only tells about give me this so that I can get this and then the outcome is this. Wow, it's in the form of a du'a. If it's an instruction, you just say it in the right occasion. You remember or not God said this, but if when Allah turns it into a du'a, you can do it at every time, every moment. 
So, mashallah, mashallah, brilliant. It is, it is, um, it is a very powerful because it comes uh, from a different perspective, and I think the inspiration from uncle is, is that uh, whenever you struggle as a parent, whenever you feel drowned with all these external office and internally challenging emotions among the family members. And when you feel that you are almost given up, then when you remember this ayat, this ayat then brings you back, you know, into the reality, into the meaning, and into the purpose of why we do what we are doing now. So that's that. That's how I keep my sanity check then. <laughs> Okay, my turn. Actually, there are several, but for this particular session, I choose this ayat from Surah Al-Qasas. Al-Qasas. Um, the story. Yes. Uh, it's Surah 28, ayat 83. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ilkaddarul akhiratu naj'aluha lillazina la yuridu Na'uluwan fil ardi wala fasadan wal aqibatu bil muttaqin. What it means is that that home of the hereafter we assign to those who do not desire exaltedness upon the earth or corruption. And the best outcome is for the writers. I love this ayat because for me personally, it reminds me of the path to our final destination. And you see, when when we do something, we do not expect people to praise us or to say nice things. Sometimes it, it could feel like you are talking to a brick wall. You don't know whether your work is producing anything positive or what kind of effects it does, but that's, that's a lost business, you know? Uh, we, the two of us agree that we are doing business with Allah, either in raising children or whatever interaction we have with others. So as long as we keep that long-term view, Darul uh, Akhirah, inshallah, Allah will guide us. Mashallah, mashallah. I really love the way both of you, you bring a lot of sense to us, like, like parenting and you tie it back to, to our, our purpose in life. Mashallah. Give so much meaning. <laughs> yeah, mashallah. Yeah, so okay, last but not least, uh, how can our listeners get in touch with you, your work and your organization? What's the best way to, to get in touch with you? Yeah, I think uh, what we wanted to show to the listeners here, uh, I hope that you can see our slide now. I mean, it's, it's very easy. So uh, you our Facebook, uh, per our name and the email address is there. The website, uh, Auntie, from time to time, will uh, put her blog on parenting. Uh, and also in our website, uh, the books can be ordered through uh, those websites. Um, we are the selling this latest book, Alhamdulillah, at uh, 35 ringgit, including postage, uh, including postage, um, Sabah and Sarawak and Peninsula Malaysia. Uh, uh, auntie has his own Twitter. There's our phone number there. Uh, we do um, respond as uh, on a basis where we can have whatever we can then, inshallah. 
Nice. Nice. Mashallah, that's nice. I love your website, by the way. I there's a lot of really, really good stuff there, mashallah. So may Allah continue to grant you success and mileage in in, in the, all of your endeavors. And I just got to know as well, your your, your two sons are maintaining the website. Is that right? Uh, no, no, no. no. They, oh, no? they are too busy for that. Are- <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But they have at some point, right? Did I read, did I read that somewhere? Yeah, it used to be that they have to us to yeah, set it in up the in the beginning. Oh, the beginning. right, right, right. Yeah. But but Faisal, uh, someone that we don't know at all, uh, because of the website, the person when we visited the country uh, offered us to stay in their house. Just because they read through the website and uh, know us through Facebook, not uh, met them at all. So they offered uh, to stay at their place for more than a week, I think. Mashallah. <laughs> yeah, I love the approach that you you have with your entire family, how it how it becomes like a family endeavor as well. I think Alia did the illustrations for your books, right? If I'm not mistaken. Right, so, yeah. First few books, yeah. First few books, yeah. Uh, first few books, yeah. Mashallah. So yeah, we, we would love to, mashallah, you we would love to have both of you once again. Yeah. Uh, we believe both of you have so much to offer to the world, and we hope that we at the Barakah Effect we can be that channel that continues to connect more people to you and you to more people out there as well. And mashallah, uh, Uncle Fakh- Uncle Fakhri, you you promoted us better than we promote ourselves. Talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. the Barakah Effect. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Jazakumullah Khairan, and Subhanallah. You know, just 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 going through this conversation as well, just open up ideas on oh, we have so much so much stuff to touch on. And Subhanallah, you know, Uncle and Auntie, like just reading your biographies as well, just triggered me to talk. To, to, I feel like I want to talk on so many things, right? So, for example, like how how working parents, how we want to manage that, because you've been through mm-hmm. that and you've you've gone through some of those struggles, right? Uh, I'd love to t- speak about the kindness miracle, uh, the book about how you know, because I always believe that you know to make your marriage work, you know, it's so important. It's a team effort. So, we want to. How do you maintain that team, right? So, mashallah, there's so many awesome stuff out there, and I think I, I one of the things I love as well is that the auntie shared about how I became an author, because I also I'm trying to I I'm trying to write my book right now, and I really want some tips on that. And I love some of the tips that you shared in in, in that that article inside the website, uh, like how to make. I, actually, I wanted to ask this, but we couldn't, didn't have enough time. Like you, you mentioned how like you had somebody who believed in you, like you had parents who who made you believe that you can do so many things. And how can we inculcate that in our children? So oh, I would love to speak about that. <laughs> so, Next session. So many things. Yeah, uh, we uh, we hope that you you would love, hope, yeah. you would love to come again, uh, Uncle. We want to know some ideas about public speaking. Ah, oh, that's oh, that doesn't go unnoticed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah, let me know, and you can arrange for sessions. Yeah. Then uh, upskilling we, sessions. We do online as well. Yeah, as we do online. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So, we have been doing a lot of online programs. Yeah. We, I mean, well Petronas Kota Kinabalu has yeah. been with us for the last several years on teaching. Oh, Kinabalu. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they had their leader speak session. Already, uh, I I also teach uh, taught we also taught those uh, in KLCC uh, office yeah. uh, the well engineers. Uh, oh, mashallah! Yeah, I went to one of the sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that mashallah. And imagine, I, I mean, I was just imagining this too for all of you now. I mean, at least there's three or four, five of you when you organize your trips to somewhere now. Now that you got these tips now. Then how you can see the entire program for you, the family, and the yeah. children, consisting of those domains and outcomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the end of the day, uh, when everybody finishs, there's a there's sort of a mini uh, 
uh, mini public speaking for the children and they, they say what I learned through this journey with my parents. Oh, uh, oh okay. And simple, either near cave or if you have not been, it's a very beautiful place. Uh, go to that 1000 elephant chambers, you know, so that's how uh, I learned that. Uh, or, you know, Limbang and Lawas or different places. So I think you are in the situation where the children, they are absorbing mode and you are the one that can be the best teachers, the best facilitators and the best role models uh, before they are out into the real world by themselves. So this is great opportunity that you complement and supplement one another and plan that way. Inshallah, uh, hopefully this uh, will become a new uh, chapter in their life as much as it will be a new discovery for you guys then. Mashallah, For Ame, having three girls, tell him that how to handle three boys now. <laughs> <laughs> or handle one Muawiyah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Mashallah. Thank you once again, Uncle and Auntie. Uh, yeah. We really love having you, spending time with you and we'd love to have you once again, Mashallah. Yeah. So uh, we'd love to close this discussion by having your... And then Mashallah, it's a, it's a nice special episode for this one. There, there are two of you here. So perhaps you can conclude this this session with this statement. So maybe uh, whichever one first. So complete the sentence. The key to barakah is. Well, the... <laughs> okay, go. The key to barakah is being sincere and ongoing effort to achieving outstanding. Yeah, nice. It might not be correct, but you know, when you think about uh, outstanding, but these are the two passwords that I have with my children. Whenever I send them to school, you know, they're not supposed to leave the car until they utter these words class hmm. and outstanding. Class and outstanding, mashallah. Mashallah. Always reminded them those are the two things that if you hold them inshallah you will not go wrong in life and i will ask them why do you need to be a class because a class means you do things for the sake of allah and if you do things for the sake of other people you will get nothing mm. outstanding because every one of us has the potential to be outstanding you just have got to sustain your effort period mm. so those Ooh. are the two things that lead to barakah a class and outstanding yeah inshallah. i i i I mean, to me, barakah is the outcome that starts with the right intention. And that sincerity and ikhlas in your intention is the starting point and the landmark. And pursuing it, the quality of, of sabr is always the one that uh, puts you, drive you, push you to continue doing it. And then at the end of the day, whatever outcome it is, you become a grateful person. That's what uh, Luqman advised. First, that, uh, uh, when Allah says, you know, be a grateful person, again, you know, uh, and accept from Allah in the spirit of positive zone. Then I think uh, barakah is something that is not happened one time. It's happening continuously. And mm. for that, uh, if your effort that has uh, been well put in, it will become an effort of barakah. Mashallah. 
Jazakum Allah Khairan. Okay, thank you very much, Uncle Ahmad Fakhri and Auntie Jamila. It's been a beautiful conversation. A bit more time than we expected, mashallah. Yeah. <laughs> so, we would, so, inshallah, we will end uh, on this note, inshallah. Yeah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik wa nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta wa nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakumullah khairan for joining us in this episode. And we do hope you found benefit in the discussion. And as usual, if you have any suggestions, comments or feedback, do reach out to us on our social media pages or our YouTube page. Barakallah fikum.